It is so good to be back here again. It really is. Oh, my goodness. I was just um, sharing with my dear, beloved friend, Brother Keith, of how many years has it been since we actually have been sort of connected and we were just reminiscing of how God even orchestrated that. That in itself is a, just a wonderful miracle. So um, we are delighted to be here. I'm delighted to be here. Um, I said this morning to the church that I, I guess I picked the right weekend to come down and visit with you because today, well, we're only actually six weeks. Uh, when I say we, I'm talking about my church, Brooklyn Tabernacle. We're just six weeks into actually having in-person meetings again. New York is kind of on a different, uh, a different, they're in a different world up there in New York. So, um, but today we canceled our service because of Hurricane Henri. So um, you got to pray for me now when I drive back that the hurricane will just keep going north and keep going away from me when I drive back. Would you pray for me? Thank you. Thank you. I did check in with my wife, though, after the 9 o'clock service. I said, how's the weather? She says, ah, men's and men's. It's okay. You'll be all right. So God is good. Amen. So it is a joy to be here. And, um, you know, they said that, they say that um, 2020 is perfect vision, right? I've heard that. You've probably heard that. But um, to be honest with you, the year 2020, which we just had, I don't want to see it ever again. I wanted way in, in my rearview mirror. I mean, has 2020 been a year of just incredible, uh, unexpected, uh, just twists and turns that we could never even imagine? And, um, I'm not, you know, I don't know how it is really down here in Virginia Beach. Only came in yesterday, going to be leaving in a little while. But um, I'll be honest with you, I'm still in sort of a surreal state of mind of what's been happening over the last, what, 16, 17 months. I mean, would you consider this with me for a moment? Um, okay, you don't have to wear your mask now, right? Um, if you're vaccinated. Tomorrow, they'll say you have to wear your masks, even if you are vaccinated. Or now I, I heard recently now that, you know, two shots, one shot, now the CDC is saying what? A third, a booster shot. Six months from now, it'll be a fourth shot, whatever. Um, but every day the news is different, okay? But I have good news for you because I believe that the Lord laid and placed this message in my heart. And um, I know this is a different audience for the most part, but those of you that were here in the morning with me, I'm praying that God would just take this same message, but uh, the Holy Spirit will just use it in a, in a different way to those that already heard it. But, but the good news is this. And it's that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, no, let me check. Let me, let me correct that. There's light right now in the tunnel. And guess who the light is? His name is what? Jesus. Hallelujah. And that's something that you and I can be excited about. And I hope you're excited about it because I am. You know, um, the devil, he, he's clever. One thing that he's trying to do during this uh, pandemic moment is to cast uh, uh, like a canopy of fear over the world. Wouldn't you agree? Everywhere, everywhere you turn, there's fear. People are fearful of this and that. But God has not, what? Given us a spirit of fear. But we have power and love 
and a sound mind, and you and I, we need to appropriate that. So let me use um, a, a chapter in the New Testament to sort of introduce what I want to speak to you about this uh, afternoon. It's still, well, it's three minutes to 12, so it's still morning. And it's this. In the Gospel of Luke, and for those of you that know your Bible, I'm sure you're familiar with this account or these two accounts. But in the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, in the first chapter, which is a rather lengthy chapter, I didn't realize how uh, lengthy the uh, chapter one of the, of the Gospel of Luke is. But in that chapter, there are two accounts, if you will, or two, two sh stories uh, foretelling something. For, for instance, in the first part of the chapter, the angel Gabriel goes to Zechariah the priest and he announces to him that he is going to, his wife Elizabeth is going to give birth to a child. And that child, his name is going to be John, John the Baptist. And he tells Zechariah that and then Zechariah responds to the angel by saying, uh, wait a minute, I'm paraphrasing, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm an old man. And, um, and my wife, she, she's no spring chicken. Um, it doesn't exactly say that. It says that she was well along in years. But you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. And, um, and because, because Zachariah was, I guess, questioning what the angel was saying, the angel says, okay, you're going to see it come to pass. But guess what? You're not going to speak now until it happens. You're going to remain silent. And then we have the account of what? The angel going to Mary. In that same chapter, and he announces to Mary prophetically that she is going to become the mother of the Son of God, of Jesus. And uh, what a wonderful, what a, just a wonderful announcement to both Zachariah and then now to Mary. And then it culminates with my, I like to call it, does anybody have a go-to verse, a verse that you love to go to when the times get rough or whatever? Hello, are you out there with me? Yeah. And, and this is one of my go-to verses, Luke 1.37. Here's what it says. But with God, nothing is impossible. Say it with me. With God, nothing is impossible. Come on, say it again. With God, nothing is impossible. And that's what the angel announces to Zachariah and to Mary. And um, here's what I want to say to you this morning. If you're a Christian here today, and I pray that everyone um, has, has a relationship with Christ, you know, it's not about just uh, going to church. It's good to see you here today. It's good that you're here today. But, but being a Christian is not just going to church. It's having a relationship with Jesus Christ, acknowledging that you and I, starting with me, we're sinners. We were, we were born into this world in sin, and we needed to, to have a, a, a substitute for that sin, and his name is Jesus. And you and I have confessed our sins, and now we were singing before about the blood of Jesus cleanses us. And so that's the good news. But here's what I want to say to you. Hey, listen, pandemic, no pandemic. COVID-19, no COVID-19. Uh, whatever's going on in your world right now, back in New York, you know, we, we had a half a dozen candidates that want to be our new mayor 
coming up soon. We just had our governor unfortunately have to resign and all the vicissitudes of life and whatever's going on down here in Virginia Beach, but whatever's going on, whether it's in New York or whether it's right here in Virginia Beach, five words, you ready? God is still in control. You hear me? God is still in control. He's the one that has everything lined up. He understands what's going on. Nothing has caught him unawares. This whole uh, season that we're in, it's not like God was on vacation. He knows well what's going on. I said to the church this morning, and let me say it to you, I, I, I believe, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord when I say this, but I do believe that one thing that God is trying to get our attention is that the church would pray, that somebody would be praying during this season. You know, I thank God for the vaccine. I, whether, I don't know where you stand with that, and I'm not here to, uh, to, to campaign the vaccine. But, you know, I thank God for any way that doctors and research can, can somehow thwart off this whole crazy moment that we're in. But the bottom line is, is that Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, why else? I mean, we know from Scripture, I think it's Psalm 46, verse 1, says this. God is our refuge and our strength. He'll be a very what? Present help in time of trouble. Oh, boy, I don't know how many times I've had to run to that verse. When things have gotten kind of shaky around, I've had to hold on to that promise. Listen, that's a good practice, by the way. Hold on to the promises of God. You know, this book... This book is full of promises that you and I have to take ownership to. I hope you don't just have a, a Bible and you just bring it to church on Sunday and maybe uh, on the midweek service. No, no, eat the word of God every day. This is our spiritual food. I had a great meal last night uh, thanks to the friends that are here with me, but this is my real food right here. So this morning, what I want to do now is I just want us to look for a few moments at a very uh, simple story. It's only seven verses. It happens to be found in the Old Testament. I'll give it New Testament application. But um, it's found in the uh, book, we call it the book of 2 Kings. And it's beginning at the um, at chapter 4. So follow along. I think they're going to put it up on the screen. And let me read it uh, as you watch it up on the screen. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse, beginning at verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. And Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Verse 3. And Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars and don't, don't just ask for a few. And then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. And they brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar 
left. Then the oil stopped flowing. So she went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. For with God, nothing is impossible. So let's look at this story a little bit closer. Let's kind of uh, zoom in, if you will, and see if there's something there for us this afternoon, which I believe there is. And the first thing that I want you to notice, and if you could put it back up there again, is that first verse. And it says this, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Now I wanna stop there and make this first point by using this uh, verse. And it's important that I give you a little explanation because in the day in which we see this uh, story, it was very apparent that the, the poor, which the Bible says that we will have with us always, there were, there were those that were so poor or they were in some form of debt that uh, they could actually sell themselves or worse yet, they could even, if they had children, in this case, this wife has two, what, two boys, she could actually sell them to try to pay off or get out of the debt. But here's what I want you to see, because this is very important, and um, you, I don't have it in this Bible. This, um, this is my preaching Bible. This is the one I bring with me when I want to preach. But I have, I have several Bibles. I have a number of Bibles at home. I call them my study Bibles. But one of them in particular, as I was preparing this message, right at this, right in, right at this text that I just read to you, in the margin of the, of the Bible, there's what I call references, little references. And one of the references right there at this verse is Deuteronomy 15. So what does that mean? It means that, that if you go to Deuteronomy 15, you're going to get a further explanation perhaps, of what the, of what the verse is, is, is trying to say. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you follow me? So I went to Deuteronomy 15, and what was interesting is not the whole chapter, but a large portion of the chapter goes into great detail about how God wants uh, people of means, you know, people that have. You know, there's the haves and the have-nots. But he goes into a great detail to, to warn those that have, like creditors, not to, not to be careful how you treat the poor. Be careful how you, uh, if you lend to those that don't have, be careful of, of that whole scenario. In fact, the, the chapter talks about that after seven years, uh, the debt would be canceled and things like that. And I thought that was interesting because if you look at this text, this, this, particular, this particular creditor, he wasn't exactly uh, abiding by uh, Deuteronomy 15. In fact, he was probably not showing any measure of grace at all to this wife. And that's my first point. Here it is. We all, we all from time to time, have desperate needs, don't we? I mean, you know, you, you, there's been times in your life where you've had a need or desperate need. I mean, you're all looking so, so, so religious and so stately today, right? But behind all of that, 
there's times in our lives when we've had needs. Has anybody ever had a need? Can I see your hand? The rest of you will pray for you later. But we all have needs. But here's the thing about needs. Sometimes our needs are calculated. You know, we, 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 we see it coming. But how about the needs that we don't see coming? Uh, how about the unexpected? How about the things, how about maybe some things that this pandemic has kind of laid on you, okay? In this case, we have a lady whose husband, the Bible says, died. Now, it doesn't say that she plotted his murder. No, he died, unexpected, unplanned. Now what does she do? And that's, that's, that's how life is sometimes, beloved. Things happen in life, okay? The Bible says that the, the rain, it, it falls on the just and the unjust. Now let me say something here today because just because you and I are Christians, okay, that does not exempt us from the trials and the, and the tribulations of life. You know that, right? Just because we're Christians, we love, how many love Jesus here today? Okay, that doesn't make any of us exempt from, from things that will happen, especially those things that happen unexpectedly. Are you, are you, are you kidding me? When my wife... When my wife was suffering and was on her deathbed uh, with this COVID back in March of last year, she couldn't breathe, didn't want to take her to the hospital, didn't know what to do. I couldn't go to sleep for a week at a time because I didn't, I didn't want to go to sleep because I didn't know if she was going to wake up. Having trouble breathing and the EMS, they didn't even want to take her to the hospital because up in New York, it was crazy back then. Oh my goodness. You didn't want to go in the hospital. You, do you hear me? Didn't want, to, didn't want to go in the hospital. But God brought her through. Hallelujah. God brought her through. We prayed. And I still have my wife. Hallelujah. Somebody said to me a while back, how's it feel? How, you know, your wife is back. She's doing good. I said, oh, it's great. She's driving me crazy. I'm so happy. I'm so thrilled. <laughs> No, praise God. I love my wife. If God spares us to see November of this year, it'll be 40 years that we've been together. And I thank God for every one of those years. But, but it, it could be anything that you might be experiencing right now. Could be loss of your job. I'm not, maybe it's not COVID or anything like that. But whatever's going on in your life right now, here's what I want to say to you today. Things happen. Somebody knows what I'm talking about here. And what the Lord wants us to do is when we have a need, when we have a desperate need and something's going on, he wants us to bring it to him. Let me tell you something. Here's the good news. If that's you today, if you're feeling out of sorts, if there's something going on in your life, I have good news for you. This story has your name on it. And it ends with a blessed ending. So stay with me and let's read on. In that same verse, we find that the Bible says that this woman's husband revered the Lord, okay? He revered the Lord. He mean, that means he loved the Lord, and that's good. But notice, the scriptures don't tell us anything about her life. You know, where was she at? What was, you know, what was she doing? How good was she? But somehow she, she, she heard about Elisha. Now, this is Elisha. E-L-I-S-H-A, not Elijah. Elijah was the forerunner of Elisha. And Elisha comes after Elijah. 
and he performs a, a number of miracles. None of those miracles had been performed yet. If you read 2 Kings chapter 4, you'll notice that up to this point, Elisha hadn't really performed any of his miracles, but after this he had. But what, what, whatever this lady knew about Elisha, she said, I got to get to the man of God. And that's what she did. She wasn't worried about herself or anything else. And you know what that tells me? I'm so glad that we don't have to, that, that God doesn't go by a merit system. You know what a merit system is? Merit system is this. Um, you know, how, I, I did this this morning, so I won't. How, how, any wives here? Where's the wives? Let me see the wives. Raise your hand. A couple of wives here. Okay. It, God, I'm glad God doesn't say, how you been treating your husband lately, okay? And men, you know, you know I'm going after you too. How you been treating your wife? Or, or, or how about this? You're on your job. Are you, are you doing everything uprightly? I mean, no underhanded stuff going on. You know, you know what character is, right? Character is what you and I do when nobody sees us. That's character. How's your character? You know, we, we don't have to. That's not how God tells us to come to him. I'm so thankful for the late Billy Graham Every time he would preach, and then at the end when he had his altar call, he would just sing, just as I am. Just come as you are. And that's what Jesus wants us to, say, to, to know here today. Just bring the situation to him, because he delights in mercy. Oh, I'm so happy that God delights in mercy. The Bible says in another portion of Scripture that judgment is his strange act. I was sharing with my brother over here before the meeting. He was telling me about the goodness of God and how he's been through the, the Teen Challenge program and, and how he has so much to be thankful for. I said, brother, I, I hear you. We gave a fist bump because were, were it not for the grace of God, he probably wouldn't be here. I know I wouldn't be here. But it's all because of the grace of God. Can somebody say amen? amen. Okay, now here's where... Here's where the story gets very interesting because what, what happens here next is very important because Elisha, he, he, the woman comes to him, okay, with her need, and uh, Elisha asks her two questions. You saw them. He asked her two questions. Number one, he says, how can I help you? And then number two, what do you have in your house? Two very pointed, basic questions. How can I help you? And what do you have in your house? And what, does the, and what does the lady respond? She says this. I have nothing. I have nothing. And, and, I, and, I, and I pondered and meditated that for a minute because I, I didn't want to come down too hard on her. Because guess what? In many ways, oftentimes, unfortunately, we do the same thing. You know, here, here's the man of God saying to her, I want to help you. I want, to, I, want to, I want to help you. Just tell me, what do you have in your house? And, and it's like the knee-jerk reaction before she even looks around to, to try to maybe consider what she has. What does she say? Nothing. Nothing. And I thought of my own life. How many times have, have I been challenged with something that God might want to do or help me with? And, I, and, I, and my reaction, nothing. Nothing. And what I want you to see here is, is that this is, this is my second point. My first point is this. Listen, it doesn't matter how you've ended up where you are. It doesn't matter how your situation has put you where you are. Just bring it to the Lord, okay? That's number one. But number two, here it is. A miracle, listen to me, a miracle is about to happen 
with seemingly nothing but a small jar of oil. And what I'm saying is this, listen, the Lord performs miracles with what you and I consider nothing. Think about that for a minute. God can take just the little bit, little bit of faith. What does the Bible say? If you have the faith of what? A mustard seed. Just whatever you have, bring it to God. You know, there's an expression, you've probably heard it, or some of you've heard it. Little is much when God is in it. Listen again. The little is much when God is in it. Because it's not dependent on the little, it's dependent on the great God that we serve. Can somebody explain to me how Jesus was able to feed 5,000 the Bible actually, it's, the commentators actually say it was way more than 5,000 because the Bible says 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. So if you want to add in the women and the children, the number would probably be way higher than 5,000. I'll just stay with the 5,000 because I'm still having a problem wrapping my heart and head around that. 5,000 he fed with what? Five loaves and what? Two fish. Here's the illustration. Here's my refrigerator. You like my refrigerator? You don't like my refrigerator? I open it up and I take out five loaves of bread. I put them on the table and I happen to have two little fish in there that I'm getting ready to consider frying. I put them and I take them out and I put them on the table too. So I got my five loaves. You see it right here? I got my five loaves and the two fish. And then suddenly I'm told that I have to feed my whole neighborhood. Well, I'm not going to be able to feed the whole neighborhood. But that's, that's the miracle. Do you see it? That, this is the miracle. You, you, you're, I'm, I'm feeling your silence out there like you, you, you can't believe this. But that's the God that we serve. There's nothing impossible with our Lord, okay? And this is what we're trying to see right here. So uh, this is it. And here it, here it goes. If God can do this, and he can... Then, then it's quite apparent to me that he wants to, he wants to do something on our behalf today. So watch what, happen, watch what happens next. Because the Lord is just, he's just incredible. The way he just, uh, just orchestrates everything. Because this is, this, is, this, is, this is incredible. Elisha tells the woman, she says, tell your boys to go now. And go into the neighborhood and, um, and ask the neighbors for, for jars. And don't ask for just a few. And have them just collect those jars and bring them back to you. And then, she, and then shut the door behind you. Now, wait a minute. Right there, I'd have to stop. Because if I was scripting this, to me, there seems to be something that's missing in the scriptures. And to me, what's missing is, if you read it carefully, there's absolutely no complaint coming from the, from the wife or the boys. It's, they just do it. And, and can, you, can you picture this? Those boys going to the neighbors, and now, now they have to get the whole neighborhood involved in this. And they go to maybe neighbor number one and say, uh, she says, what can I do for you boys? Well, well you see, I, I, um, I, need, I need, my mother sent me, I need some big jars, empty jars, and um, what are you going to do with them? Well, 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 you see, we have this, uh, this, we have this oil, little oil, and they can't even say it because it makes no sense. But I want to pause right there and say this. I have to just stop and applaud the faith that I see here because that's what's going on here. 
unadulterated faith, that believing that if God says something, that he's going to give them the ability to do it. And that's, what you, that's what's happening here, and it's actually the name of my message, only believe. I told the church this morning, I have to repeat it, I, I said, God, I, I pray that this is the message that you want me to speak to All Nations Church. And when I got here yesterday afternoon, after the long drive, and I went into the hotel, and as soon as I opened the door, as soon as I opened the door, my eyes caught a bag that was on the desk, and guess what the bag said? Believe. <laughs> I said, oh, this is the message. This is the message that God wants me to, to speak today. Only believe. But let me, let me just stop here and say this. I believe that some of you might be at a crossroad. What kind of crossroad? Unbelief. You can't, you can't believe that God could actually do what he wants to do. You might have a situation right now. You know, we, we sometimes tend to think, well, you know, it's the big things and the little things. It's everything. God wants us to bring everything to him. And he wants to show us how mighty and strong he is. Oh, my goodness. You want to talk about the impossible? Come on, I'm going to mention it again. I, 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 you, I wish I could just, I wish I could have a PowerPoint to show you this, this construction so you could really appreciate this. But back in New York, we have some main highways. Um, Brother Keith knows he's been in New York. You know, the, the Grand Central, that's a big highway. The, the, the Van Wick, that's another big highway. Uh, the the uh, Jackie Robinson Parkway. They all intersect because they're, they're, the, they're the highways that enable you to get from, we have boroughs in New York, five boroughs, Queens, Brooklyn, the Bronx. Those highways enable you to get from these different boroughs. I live in Queens, so I have to go through these highways to get to, let's say, Manhattan or to get to Brooklyn. Everybody has to use it every day. And somebody came up with the great idea. I don't know where this person is right now. I'm not even sure they still have a job. But they came up with this great idea to destroy and break up all of this highway so that they could do a new rerouting. <laughs> it's just, oh my goodness. So what you have now is a major construction going on in New York City. If you, if you come, you'd see this. You'd say, what in the world? I don't think it's going to be complete until the Lord comes back. I really don't. No, I really don't. But in, in fact, the other day, one of the days I was driving through this mess, I, I was going so slow, I was able to, I saw a construction guy, uh, you know, standing there, and I pulled down my window, and I said to him, I said, hey, buddy, how you doing? He says, good. I said, listen, when, when is this going to be finished? He said, your guess is as good as mine. I said, oh, here we go. So here we are. I'm in this traffic trying to get home. I'm on the phone with a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine. We're talking, and suddenly I realize, oh, my goodness, I have a, a Zoom meeting in which I'm the, the, the opening speaker and to introduce the meeting at 6 o'clock. Guess what time it is right in, in, in my car? 10 to 6. So I said, oh, my, there's, there's no way I'm going to get there. I, first of all, this, I can't even get through this, this construction. I said, what am I going to do? And as I'm saying this, the, the, my pastor friend, he stopped. He said, stop, stop, stop. Let's pray. Let's pray. I said, okay. And he prays, you know, Jesus, open up the highway for him, you know, and, and, and just make it so that he can get home and, and, and have this meeting. And he prayed with such unction and authority. I said, okay, praise God. And uh, he hung up. 
the phone, and as God is my holy witness. I, now, I was going like two miles an hour, you know, slow enough to just maybe have a cup of tea with one of the construction guys. And all of a sudden, listen to me, all of a sudden, the, the, the traffic started moving. I mean, I don't, I don't know what happened. It looked like the Red Sea. It, it, things moved where I could start to move a little quicker. And, and now I'm going over this construction and getting through. And now I'm at a spot where I'm going like maybe 20, 30 miles an hour. And it, only a couple of minutes has passed. I thought I was going to be back there for at least another 15 minutes. And I'm moving along, and now I'm on the highway, and I don't live that far from all of this construction. I, I get off the highway, I, I, I go through the back streets, I get to my home, I pull up my car in the garage, run out of the car, run into the house, hope I said hello to everybody in the house, run right up to my study, pull out my laptop, get into Zoom, I, I pull it up, and there's the faces of people. You, you know, those of you that know Zoom. And there's some faces, and somebody says, Oh, Pastor Dean Hammond, good to see you. Listen, we're just getting ready to pray. We're so glad you, 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 you could make it in time. You said, You don't even know. You don't even know. I got there before the meeting even started. Come on, that's God. That's God. That's the Lord. Listen, may the Holy Spirit minister right now to your hearts as you let your let your spiritual imagination just see that woman pouring that oil in those barrels whatever they were keeps pouring just incredible and then she asks her son give me one more he says mom there's no more and then the bible says the oil stopped right at that precise moment i mean you can't make this up so listen let me let me just close this all up. What is this story really telling you and I today? A couple of things and then we're finished. Number one, if you're here today, and I believe because I prayed to the Lord about this, if you're here today, I don't want you to raise your hand or come to the altar just yet, but if you're here today and you, you have a situation that you're between a rock and a hard place, you've heard that expression, or, or you just have something going on in your life right now that, that you, need, you need a miraculous breakthrough. Can I tell you something? You are in the best place right now to allow the, to allow the Lord to showcase how wonderful he is. Hallelujah. Don't labor over it. Don't, don't, don't try to figure out how did I get in this mess and all of that stuff. Just bring it to Dr. Jesus. He's the only one that can cure it anyway. It's time to stop fretting and worrying about this and worrying about that. He's the one that said to the storm, peace be still. And he's still in the business of saying, peace be still. So what else do we learn? And here it is and I close. We learn that it's, top, it's time for you and I to stop trying to figure out how it's all going to work out. How, how is God going to do it? What, what means is he going to use? Because he might be wanting to, he might be whispering to you right now something sort of out of the ordinary or something strange or something. I was talking to someone after the meeting that was saying, wow, pastor, when you were talking about that, God put his finger on something that I was saying to myself, no, that, that can't be God. Yes, that very thing. That might, be, that might be the Lord. And I'll just quickly say this because I promised the Lord I would, I would just share it every time I can. I don't know. Do, am I out of time? Do I have a few more minutes? Thank you. What was he, he going to say? No? No, <laughs> no, no. No, no. no I'm sorry. Um, 
Listen to me, listen to me quickly. I'll make this quick. I got married and I brought a lot of debt into the marriage. You know, shame on me, right? But um, I, I, like I told you, I married a wonderful lady. We're going to 40 years, right? She said, that's okay. Um, we're going to work this debt out. You know, it's going to be our debt. Wow, that's a, that's a special lady. And so we got married and we had all this debt that I had brought into the marriage, reckless spending or whatever. And um, I found out about this kind of consolidated loan that they'll take all of your debt, all of your credit cards, everything, and just put it in one big pot. And then all you have to do is pay one payment a, a month and it'll take care of all of that. And then eventually in due time, you'll be smooth sailing. I go, yeah, I, I, that's, what, that's what we need. So I filled out the application. I, I, had, I had a good job. My wife had a good job. So we knew that we had qualified for it. And I'll never forget the day that uh, the, the bank called me and the lady said, Mr. Hammond. I said, yes. And just waiting confidently for her to you know, tell us how to go about what we have to do. She said, well, uh, we have metrics and, and ratios and all these things that we do at the bank. I said, yeah. And she said, so I'm sorry to tell you that you've been denied. I said, no, you didn't say denied. <laughs> you couldn't have said denied. Everybody say denied. <laughs> That's what she said. I said, oh, my Lord, are, are you sure? She says, positive. We're very sorry. Click. I said, oh, my goodness. That's it. Because that was going to do it for me to get me back in, in motion. Anyway, long story short, I said, what am I going to do? My kids were small at the time, and all I did, I grabbed their hands, my two children and my wife, and I got us in a circle. I prayed a simple prayer. Lord, I take ownership. I take ownership for this problem. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, dodge you on this one. But God, in the name of Jesus, please, I know that you can do something. I know what she just said, but I know that you can do something because I want to glorify you. Amen. That was the prayer. What do you think happened next? I got this thought in my head. I believe it was from the Lord now. You know what it was? Call her again. Call the bank again. I go, no, no, that can't be. That's Satan. No, I can't, can't call the bank again. But he said, no, call the bank again. So it was two minutes later. So I called the bank again. Who do I get on the phone? The same lady. The same lady that just, and she recognized my voice. She said, Mr. Hammond? I said, yes. She says, yes. What's, you know, what's the problem? You know, we, I said, listen, I know I just spoke. To, I didn't tell her that I just finished praying. But I said, listen, I know we just spoke. But I was just wondering, is there anything that you could do? That's all I said. And, and she said, hold on. Oh, Jesus. When she said, hold on, I said, oh, God, please. She went away. I don't know where she went. I don't know what she did. But she came back in a few minutes, and she said this, Mr. Hammond, we're going to approve this loan. Listen, I, 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 I don't expect you to run around the building, but listen to me. That has changed the trajectory of my entire life to this day where I am. That changed everything. It got me back on the right road. I'm telling you, I want to trumpet to you today that with God, nothing is impossible. I don't care what the situation is. I'm finished. Notice, she, she says, uh, Elisha says, and don't ask for just a few barrels. What does, that, what does that signify? Everything. It means that God is a God of abundance. It means that he just doesn't want to just get you by. He's a God that says he'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above 
And I'm not talking about the prosperity message. I'm talking about the fact that God delights in blessing us so that we can then be a blessing to someone else. See, that's, that's why we get blessed, yes. To be a blessing to someone else. You know, billionaires and people that have money, God entrusts them with that money because he knows that they're going to help others with, with, with scholarships and different things. But he abhors the person that just wants to grab everything for themselves. Last thing I'll say, and it's in those last verses where Elijah says to the wife, he says, now look, go take, go, go, go take those pots of oil and sell it and pay off your debt. Pay off your debt. Do you hear me? I don't know how many barrels it was, but it was enough to, to money that she could take it and pay off all of her debt. But here's the kicker. And then he says, and then take the rest and use it for you and your sons to live. Oh, my goodness. You talk about overflow. You talk about a God that's able to do exceedingly abundantly. I'm stopping right here. I have to stop here. Listen, is anybody here? Close your eyes with me right now. Is there anybody here that you, 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 you know, you know that you know that there's something that you're asking God about. There's something that you're involved in right now. And God brought me here today just to encourage you and remind you two words. Only believe. Only believe that all things are possible. And I'm not, this is not mental science. This is not me trying to psych you into anything. I tried to give you the word of God today. That God can do it. And I want to pray. You might say, Pastor Hammond, how did you know uh, that my situation? I didn't know. <laughs> what do I know? I, I'm just a man. But I prayed. And I said, God, give me people to come to All Nations Church that, that are going to need to hear this message. So I am just delighted. I feel uh, the mind of Christ to pray for you. If you have a situation, I'm not even going to call you to an altar, but if you have something going on in your life right now that you need to see a divine intervention, notice she said nothing, nothing. Oh, that's our first reaction all the time. I'm still looking at that traffic. I, I couldn't even almost believe that all of a sudden the traffic just opened up and I was able to go because that man of God prayed and we believed. So if you're here today and you have a need and you say, Pastor Hammond, thank you for that word. Include me in your prayer right now. Just slip up your hand while every head is bowed. Just close your eyes and bow your head so this can be a personal moment. We don't have to uh, look around, but lift up your hand if you need for me to join with you in prayer. I'm just going to join you in prayer. God sees the hands. He knows what the needs are. Don't be ashamed to lift your hand. Father, you see the hands that are raised today. And you know every need in this building. You know the beginning from the end. Nothing has caught you unawares, Lord. This season that we're in right now, this is, this is nothing, you know, the, first of all, it's prophesied in the Bible that these kinds of things would happen. So that right there tells us that you're in control. But I pray now in Jesus' name for everyone that has their hands raised. Some have two hands raised. And I pray that whatever the situation might be that they're facing right now, that you would divinely intervene and they would see, oh my goodness, look what the Lord has done. Because that's who we want to brag about today. We want to brag about Jesus and how wonderful and how awesome he is. So Father, I thank you. I thank you for placing this word in my heart. And I thank you for everyone that's here today. I pray God that we would just go from glory to glory Continue to bless this church. 
we congratulate Pastor Charlie on the birth of his new daughter and the, the, the wife. And I just thank you for the wonderful leadership in this church and those that stand with them. Bless all nations, church. Let it, you may put your hands down. Let it always be a lighthouse. Let this be a place where people can come in. The sick can come and get healed. The weary can come and find rest. So God, we bless you today. I bless you today. I glorify you today, God, because you are a God of the impossible. And we praise you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.